Hey! This is My True Normal, a true crime and paranormal podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Lexi. And we're your hosts today. Oh my god. And hopefully many more days. <laughs> um, this is our first episode. For sure. It is a true crime and paranormal podcast like we just said. We're very excited to be here. I'm very nervous. Yeah, I feel like I'm a little, I'm a little shaky. We'll get better at that. Don't mind the awkwardness. <laughs> uh, we'll listen back later and cringe, probably, but it's okay. Hopefully you won't. Cringe. It's fine. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited. Um, We're excited for this. The goal is every week on Monday, Monday. we will drop a new episode. Each week we'll go through a new state in alphabetical order and tell one true crime and one paranormal story and we all, we're all alternating we are that's true that's another important piece <laughs> this week i'm doing true crime i'm doing paranormal so then next week we'll flip flop flop <laughs> i like that little sound <laughs> yeah sound effects for free i'm just gonna take a sip of my coffee awkwardly oh and as two very characteristic people she got coffee and i got matcha mm-hmm that's on our profiles, our favorite drink, coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we said, we are going in alphabetical order, so that makes this week Alabama. Alabama. Week one, Alabama. Alabama. We're very excited. Have you ever been to Alabama? I haven't. Have you? No. I feel like it's somewhere I want to go. Have you seen the movie Sweet Home Alabama? No. <gasps> what? It has Reese, uh, Reese, Reese Witherspoon in it. From, like, her younger days. Yeah. It's so good. If you want to cry a little bit, it's a good movie. We should have a girls' night and watch it. And we can have wine instead of matcha and coffee. Uh, we got to do that in, like, 24 hours. I'm in. Before. That's true. (laughs) We are going to do 75 hard. The two of us will be starting a diet (laughs) on the first first of the year. And then try to lose 10 pounds. Get spooky get paranormal and also a little fit in here for some reason besides you all day at one time it's fine we are excited it'll be good um okay a little bit about us i guess before we start just to get to know us um i recently just moved to utah yes from new york Lex is just a... I am from Utah. Plain basic what do you Utah call, girl. What do you guys call yourselves? Utahns. Utahns? Is it a Uton? I don't Uton? know. <laughs> I don't know I'm your very most basic Utah person. <laughs> I have the Stanley Cup, and Stanley. once I got the Stanley, it game over. And my whole... So I thought that was like a Utah specific thing, but then this year for Christmas, like everyone got a Stanley, and I was like, was that not a Utah I, thing first? I wonder if it was like a Utah thing for a minute, and then it got like all over TikTok blew and up. stuff. Because I thought so. Like I thought I moved here and was like, oh, this is a very specific Utah thing, but now everybody and their mom has one. They just fill it up with Diet Coke. Here they do. <laughs> Diet Coke and cream <laughs> is how they do it in Utah. Oh, you don't. <laughs> Um, and it's not it's not bad it's actually very no good. it actually don't knock it till you try it don't make fun of us yeah i put cream in my diet dr pepper the other day and it was like the creamer like creamer or just like cream like i went to fizz and i got uh, diet dr pepper because they have soda they, shots too. they have um this one 
it has like raspberry and coconut and it has like cream that's in it. literally my go-to yeah if it's I would called have said I'm getting next time you coconut. go next time you go get the yowza <gasps> yowza I'm literally gonna go today I have a five dollar gift card <gasps> yeah go and get a yowza it's so good Soda shop should be more of a regular thing for all of my <laughs> New York listeners. <laughs> They're great out here. Okay, so yeah, we're friends. She was my waitress. I was. <laughs> Her boyfriend was like, "What? She wants to be your friend." And now we're friends. And now we're friends. And I was so embarrassed, but look what happened. <laughs> hey, it was a good experience. And one day, someone asked me yesterday, "So when the fuck did this happen? Did you just like wake up and say let's do a podcast?" And I was like, "Kind of." Kind of. Yeah. We were at Barnes and Noble. We were. <laughs> walking around and we both just said yeah let's do it and then it just happened well because i think both of us were like oh that would be so cool to start a podcast and we're like we fucking like the same thing so we're there's a little joke between us that i'm the utah version of lauren i'm the new york version of lexi (laughs) we're both l's that's why our (laughs) logos have a little skeleton hands like that fun fact they're l's for our names we're both l's somebody asked me like are they skeleton hands i'm like if you fucking look at it it's two l's We, we had to include L's in our logo. We knew that from the start. The logo for My, My True, True Normal, Normal, which is what we're doing right now. <laughs> Should we jump into it? Yeah. Okay, so we decided that we're going to do True Crime first, right? Yes. True Crime yeah, first and then first. Paranormal because it's True, True Normal. Normal. We're not very normal, but that's okay. No. We'll find out. That's fine. Um, Good luck. We're in Alabama. Ugh. Alabama. Did you know that? Okay, so I was reading this article and it was saying that Alabama is the number one barbecue, like state. For barbecue food. Yeah. Damn. I've never had Alabama barbecue food. Me neither. I wouldn't have guessed Alabama to be honest. I probably would have guessed like Texas. Texas. Yeah. I would have guessed Texas. I would have thought so too. But, but I did not like the type of food that, the barbecue food that I had in Texas. Did you go, like, straight into middle of Texas, or, like... Um, I have no idea. I was in, <laughs> <laughs> I was in Dallas-Fort Worth, I guess. Shout out, MJ. He like, just the left airport? Utah this morning, actually. Um, no, but the area? I don't oh, I was know. like, of course it wasn't good if it was at the airport. <laughs> he took me to some, like, some, like, I don't know, barbecue place, and it was not good. We actually just had this conversation. He said that he took us to a bad place. I was like, well, why would you do that? Now my impression of Texas barbecue is trash. Fucking MJ. I know. All right, well, we aren't in Texas. <laughs> We're in Alabama. Alabama. My true crime story is on dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The Black Widow. The Black Widow of Alabama. Apparently, there's multiple, but I'm going to talk about the one from Alabama. Let's go. Audrey Marie Helly. That is her name. Sounds like a crazy ass. She is crazy. She's psychotic. Um, her, her name is Audrey Marie, but um, in most of the things that I looked up in the two documentaries I watched, they call her Marie. Okay. So, we're going to call her that. Um, however, we are not going to start in Alabama, and we are not going to start with Audrey Marie. The story is going to start in 1980 in Florida Ooh, with Florida. Robbie. Robbie is a young lady. She's traveling in Florida. She's there for a short period of time, and she bumps into a nice gentleman at a bar. His name is John, and very quickly they got romantic. Ooh, After only just romantic. one year. John and Robbie get married in May of 1981. I wouldn't know what that's like. No, neither of us did. <laughs> no. 
It's fine. Must be nice to be Robbie. Love you, babe. <laughs> I'm not even going to give him that satisfaction. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> in May of 1981, John, Robbie takes John's last name of Homan. So, they are the Homans. Ho, ho, ho. And they decide that they don't really love Florida, and they move to Marlow, New Hampshire. It's really humid in Florida, is what I've heard. Mm-hmm. I probably would have liked it there either. So. No, I was in Florida in May, and my hair was, like, blown, blown up. Was it really? Like, so much, yeah. Isn't your hair, like, naturally curled? Mm-hmm. I love that for you. But it's, like, super frizzy when it's humid. Mine is wavy and frizzy. Like, when I get out of the shower, and if I don't, like, touch it, it or anything, it literally is, like... But I feel like you can't even style hair when it's, like, really humid. Like, yeah. I, like, did... My hair has gotten so much better since I've moved here because it's so much drier out here. Yeah. Rob has to, like... His hair's so dry sometimes with, like, oil and stuff in it. Oh, yeah, I bet. Because it, it is really dry out here. Mm-hmm. Still getting used to that. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no. Where are we? And we're in New Hampshire. We're, we're not even in Alabama yet. We're in New Hampshire. <laughs> the happiness of this one year relationship that's now a marriage however does not last too long in summer of 1982 robbie homan tells her husband john and her co-workers that she's now worked with for this whole year that she needs to go to dallas that there is a certain specialist a specific doctor that is going to treat her for this very rare blood disease that she has otherwise she's going to die soon but this is the first time that she mentions this to anybody so everyone's kind of like Hello? You're gonna die? Uh, I feel like this is coming to a dark, twisted... Here we go. <laughs> Here we go down the road. <laughs> so, Robbie does have, conveniently, a twin sister. Her sister's name is Terry Martin, and she lives in Texas. She's the one who found the doctor for her sister. Hmm. And Robbie tells John, I'm gonna go to Texas, I'm gonna stay with my sister, and I'm gonna go see this doctor. And Robbie had spoke of her twin often, so John felt comfortable, you know, letting her go there and taking care of what she had to do. But he never met her? Has not met her. They've only known each other for a freaking year. She didn't go to the wedding? I guess not. Well, I guess they've known each other for two years now, because they met in 1980, and in the summer of 1982, she decides she's going to Dallas. So after she's there to see her doctor... Shortly after, John receives a call from Terry, the sister, informing him that Robbie has succumbed to her illness and she has passed. Aww, that's sad. R.I.P. Robbie. <laughs> she tells him there's no reason for him to travel all the way to Texas because her body, Robbie's body, has been donated to science and this is what she wanted. Donated to science? Mm-hmm. Does that mean, like, some college student cut you open and... That's what I imagine. Or is it, like, people who go to school to be a mortician? Maybe. I guess, like, just what it's needed for? Yeah. I guess I, I probably should have Googled that more. Like, I, I, if, they, if they're needed, like... I could never, never, never be a mortician. My dad once told me the story about... Like, I was really, really young, so I might just, like, have interpreted wrong, but <laughs> he once told me that he went to a funeral and like the body like twitched and then he was when he was wheeling it 
And I guess it's a thing. Traumatized <laughs> immediately. So I get my dad doesn't like to go to funerals and do healings and stuff because he's like seriously you're traumatized. Twitched dead person. I yeah, that would scare the shit never, out of Could me. you imagine like when you're like, you know, doing an autopsy or like putting their makeup on and all of a sudden they fucking twitch? You're like, no. No, literally. I don't know. I can't imagine. I'm actually like blacking it out as I'm trying to think about it because I that would scare the shit out of me. Every time I go to a funeral, that's all I ever think about. So I'm like, I walk really fast. Like, oh, thank you. I like, I like don't even know what donating science, I guess it, it really is just like whatever is needed. Like if they do need to do like run some tests, like some experiments, like ointment, antibiotics, stuff. I don't know, but yeah, regardless, your, your three of them are more and more positive than mine. <laughs> twitching body, autopsy. Oh God. The next time you go to a funeral, you'll be like twitch, 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 twitch. I hope I don't go to a funeral anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh god but robbie didn't get to have a funeral because her body was gone terry the sister tells john she's gonna come and see him in new hampshire because robbie asked her sister to do that if anything bad were to happen robbie asked terry to donate her body to science and go take care of john and you know get her affairs in order be a good sister being a good sister. Take care of sister. my family for me. Take care of my husband who you've never met. <sighs> big, big things to ask. So after spending some time talking on the phone, phone. and looking for some closure, John becomes interested in meeting the sister as well. Terry travels to New Hampshire to meet John, saying that they both need to put Robbie's death, quote, behind them. Okay. Little odd. When Terry arrives, she looks exactly like her twin sister. But blonde and skinnier. She weighs less. How long was Robbie with... Y'all are going to hear my dog. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Shout out, Bo. He's, I really thought we distracted him with the toy, but that didn't happen. How long is Robbie what? How, is, how long was Robbie with Terry? <laughs> sorry. My, <laughs> my dog is just... Yeah. What were we saying? What did you ask? I don't even remember. How long Robbie was with Terry? Not long. Oh yeah. Okay. Just um, just a, like a few weeks. Not not that long in time. So, this whole time she had been reassuring John that she's just going to the doctors, doing what she has to do. Um, so now that Terry's there, she looks just like Robbie. I mean, twins. Hello. Yeah. But blonde and like skinnier. And after some time visiting and staying with John, she decides to move in with him. Okay. Not only does Harry decide to move in with him, but she also decides to get a job. Can okay. you guess maybe what she does? Does she take Robbie's job? She takes Robbie's job. Who the fuck is this woman? She moves in with John, and she's like, I need a job. I'll live here with you. She starts working at Robbie's secretary job. Okay. The co-workers immediately thought something was weird about this, right? They tell... Oh, dog. <laughs> they tell... Um, it's more weird that we're, like, recording ourselves, too. It's like it would be different. It was just the audio. But we're, but we're also recording. on YouTube. Hi. <laughs> Hi, follow us on YouTube. <laughs> the My True Normal podcast. Okay. At My True Normal. Come here. So... At least you're not at my house. <laughs> She's got three dogs. I have three dogs. I have one little shit. 
interesting to go. Can you imagine if our dogs got together? Sit down. Be a shit show. Oh god. Is it gonna come up here? Go come here. I'm afraid. Go come here. Do you wanna come up here? You wanna meet the camera? Come here. Come here both. Come here. There he is. Come here. Oh god, I'm just probably a mess. Oh, it's fine. Just sit. You sit there. You do our thing. Okay. Perfect. Look at him. You have to go watch YouTube now so you can see how fucking cute my dog is. He's really cute. Okay, so immediately the coworkers, uh, Terry's at Robbie's shop. The coworkers are like, "This is fucking weird. There is something not weird about, not right about this." I mean, well, like, yeah, my twin sister moved in with your husband, and that would like make you wonder if this was all planned out. Yeah, like, what is this agenda? I'm coming to so many conclusions and these are just facts. You're like, did this, is the sister involved? Like, why is, why is the, why is she so comfortable with her sister being dead and like now all of a sudden just living her life? Like, what's right. going on? And right. that's what's kind of going through everybody's heads. But shortly after working there, like almost immediately, they're like, wait, no. This is not Terry. This is Robbie. Stop it. They're the same person. No. Yep. They're like, there's no way that Terry and Robbie are two different people. And John's coworkers, who he's like, you know, he's friends with because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like all my friends are my coworkers. So. <laughs> same. John's coworkers are doing the same thing. They're like, dude, this is weird. This is not right. This is not a new person. This is your wife with blonde hair. And they all think that they need to kind of do some deep diving to figure out what's going on because they have like that ick they got the ick the ick i just recently figured out what that was i feel so old what an ick is yeah yeah i tried to explain this to kyle and um he didn't get it <laughs> so that's my ick <laughs> literally me i'm like what the fuck what is that um after doing some research on their ick the concerned co-workers of john's discovered that the hospital in texas that received Robbie's body for science, whatever the hell they did with it. I'm quote, using unquote. air air quotes. <laughs> as well as the church that euth eulogized, not euthanized, oh my god, eulogized her death. We euthanized her. Were both non existent. <gasps> the what? church doesn't exist. The hospital doesn't exist, like So whatever. Terry is Robbie. And Pretty much during for the whole obituary, everything that it says in there, they like debunk like super quickly. Like they don't even have to do a lot of research. Like the whole obituary is just a bunch of lies. Stop it. They report that some they don't know what, but something's going on. They report this to the local police. And the police are like, Okay. They approach Terry, Robbie, whoever the hell this is, outside of her job and they interrogate her. And after, you know, a few questions, Terry, Robbie, says she's not who she's claiming to be. She says, you're right. I am not Terry. But I am also not Robbie. And she confesses for being wanted in Alabama for bad check charges. Bad check charges? <clears throat> bad check charges. And she claims to be... Audrey Marie Tilly. Ooh. So, we already kind of have an idea who that is. She's from Alabama. 
the local law enforcement didn't know what to do with all of this fucking craziness. Like, she's three different people. She's wanted. They call the FBI. And the FBI comes in to handle the situation, and they confirm that Audra Marie Tilly is wanted. So, let's do a little reverse, a little... (laughs) Could you imagine how heartbroken John is going to be when he's like, I lost my wife. Twice. Twice. (laughs) (laughs) He lost her twice. (laughs) And now she's wanted in a different state. Yep. He loses his wife. He loses his wife's twin sister, who is his wife. Oh, God. And now finds out that she is wanted. How did we get there? That was my whole rewind. Let's start at the beginning of Andre Marie Hilly's life. Starting to get detaily. Detaily. I don't know how to, (laughs) what other word she is, so we use (laughs) detaily. There are several more details, so here we go. Audrey, from childhood, from when she was a kid, she wanted to keep up a good reputation. Like, that was important to her. She wanted to be a proper southern belle. I would love to be one of those gals. Some drink some sweet tea on a porch in the 80s. I would love some that. Some big poofy hair. Some, oh. like, checkered plaid something. Bye, bye. And a cute little Earring. farmhouse. That's that's her goal. And she does... Oh, God, I just moved the whole table. She does <laughs> whatever she can to keep up this, like, respectful, prim and proper image. Um, she attends church on Sundays. She buys, you know, new outfits new jewelry things to like keep her up in the limelight and she's able to do this because from a young age her parents have just spoiled her given her what she wanted to achieve this goal that she had which must be nice also like (laughs) yeah i yeah shout out mom and dad for not spoiling me well they spoiled me but not like that i feel like when I ever got spoiled, it was definitely my grandpa who mm. would spoil me. I feel like grandpa's cool. Yeah. I definitely do get spoiled by my parents uh, when needed mm. to be. There was one time I, one of my wallets got broken, and I called my mom, and I literally started crying. And I was like, my favorite wallet just broke. Like, Aww. I'm so stressed. And they literally went to the mall, bought me and a, bought a new one? brand new, like, really cute like wallet and came and got it to me as a gift Aww. and they were like i know your day was so horrible blah blah blah, That's blah, blah. Cute. yeah it was pretty cute yeah i feel like same like my family definitely will spoil me but like not to the point where i hope i'm where not you, i'm not a where freaking you feel entitled brat. Yeah. yeah um but audrey was audrey marie was um she just wanted her whole goal was to just keep climbing higher in the social rings of where she lived in Alabama. She went to high school in Anniston, Alabama, where she met, oh gosh, where she met Frank. Frank and Marie were high school sweethearts from a young age. And after high school in 1951, they get married. Okay. This this lady's just always getting married. She... Right out of high school, she gets married in 1951, and they move in together in Anniston, Alabama. And in 1952, they have their first kid, Mike. Okay. Um, unlike other moms at that time, she does not let this slow her down. 
and keep her from being perfect social star. Her goal is to keep climbing that social ladder. She works with wealthy people. She works for wealthy people. She does like some house cleaning things. She does things to kind of like stay with her name in the right mouths. Um, and in 1960, they have their second ch child, Carol. And after Carol's born, things start to kind of rift in her popularity, Marie's, okay. because once Carol was old enough to, like, understand, she felt like she could never please her mom because she did not want to focus on her looks or her popularity. She did not care about things like that. So for someone like Marie, who's, like, very obsessive over those things, mm -hmm. she was, like, freaking out about her daughter who wasn't keeping up with, you know, the trends and things to make their family look good. And their relationship kind of dwindled. Frank and Marie, their marriage was also very rocky. It eventually just completely fell to shambles. They fought over money consistently because she wanted to keep up with her appearance and just spend all their money on the newest stuff. Allegedly, she also had been sleeping around for money. And Ooh. doing sexual favors with oh people gosh. at her job. Oh, God. Rich okay, people. big boy. Literally. That's, that was what she Gross. was doing. She was that's like, disgusting. give me more money. <laughs> <laughs> and it was working because she <clears throat> kept climbing and Frank had no idea. In 1970s, the beginning of the 1970s, um, first, I think 1771, Frank fell ill. He was consistently sick. Oh, no. On and off all the time. But during this time, Frank and Marie's relationship kind of miraculously changes. Marie is at his side all the time. And she seems so moved by this event. She was so upset that the doctors couldn't diagnose whatever was wrong with him. And very quickly, he couldn't walk. Oh. He was on and off sick. And then all of a sudden, he was severely sick. He could not walk. His skin was ashy gray. His eyes were red and bloodshot. Oh, God. Gross. Yeah. And he was eventually hospitalized, and after just a few days, he dies. Mm. No more Frank. No. And the autopsy showed symptoms that were very similar to hepatitis, so they just ruled that as the cause of death. Hepatitis. Hepatitis. Oh, God. And... Shortly after, Marie and her daughter, Carol, collect a $31,000 life insurance policy. Mm. And Mike was already, he was, like, moved out. This he sounds sketchy. went to college, and I think he, like, was, like, doing stuff to, like, become a minister. Okay. So it was just Carol and Marie. Okay. After death, um, of the death, death of Frank, Marie tries to fix the relationship now that it's just her and her daughter. Um, and she helps her get ready for prom. She wants to spoil her mm -hmm. with the nicest dress and do her hair and do her makeup and all that fun stuff. And she wants to make this experience nice for her daughter who just lost her father. Okay. And Carol goes to prom and gets sick. Oh. Awful night. Okay. She's severely sick. And this keeps happening on and off again for a while. She's nauseous. She's numb. She's also losing feeling in her legs from the knee down. She's having trouble walking, and she's hospitalized. 
sounds sketchy. Familiar. <laughs> Very familiar. Um, definitely sketchy. Yeah. Marie was vaguely remembered as giving Frank shots when he was sick and was remembered as always being by his side and not leaving. So, Mike, the son, is scared because he's starting to also grow suspicious of this. And he calls Carol, worried that the same thing is happening to Carol. And he calls his sister and he says to her, are you receiving shots from mother? And Carol's in the hospital bed. She looks over at her mom sitting right next to her. And she says, no. And Mike says, do you promise? And Carol says, no. <gasps> the bitch was poisoning. Yeah. Pretty much. poisoning. <laughs> so Mike Hilly reports this to the Anderson Police Department, you know, claiming she's injecting my sister with something. People, you know, kind of said that they remember her doing the same thing to my dad. Um, and he is shocked when speaking to the police that he, that finding out that they have already been watching his mother for other crimes for a long time. <gasps> She's no already way. on the police's radar. Oh, shit. What was she doing? For passing bad and false checks. Oh. Which is what we've already heard. Uh, what are all those people? I'm sorry. Sidetracked. <laughs> Lexi looks out my window and sees literally a whole gang of men walking down the road. Good thing I live on the third floor and my door's locked. Like... That's what, there was like 50 of them. Maybe, no joke. Maybe from the shelter, because that shelter's right there. Maybe they're going on a little, a little walk to get some ice out. Maybe. There's literally 50 of them. I'm scared. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, cars are locked. We're good. It's a good thing my That was actually scary. Yeah. You literally just saw like 50 men walking in this direction. You're like, what's going on? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Are we living the true crime now? I don't know what's happening. Thank God we're on the is third part floor. Of the story? <laughs> <laughs> this is great action. Sorry. Um, Sidetracked, but holy shit, that was fucking wild. <laughs> Bo, come here. Come lay down, Bo. So, back to the story. Sorry. Um, she's, you know, the cops are watching her for some bad checks. And in September, on September 19, 1979, police confront Marie, Marie Hilly, and they arrest her for these checks while Carol is still in the hospital. The checks from, like, the life policy stuff? Well, so pretty much she had bought, like, new car, new jewelry, new things for their home with the life insurance policy. Mm. And I think what it was, it wasn't clear, but I'm pretty sure she had just been spending more money than she had. Okay. So she was just kind of writing faulty checks to get these new things. Okay, that makes sense. And it was harder at the time to kind of detect that stuff because it would just like pass and then it would bounce. It was just like, I don't know, I tried looking into it, honestly, I was kind of confused, but Pretty much she was spending money she didn't have, and it, it took longer to catch that. Like, it wasn't, like, immediate like it would be now. That makes sense. So, the police arrest her, and Carol, who's now, like, 19, so it's okay to, like, leave her alone. She's, like, 18, 19. Mm -hmm. She's an adult. She's consenting. She goes to a new hospital. She wants to be seen by a new doctor who doesn't know the situation because right now they're not sure what's wrong with her, but they just found out that she's been receiving some type of unknown injections some shots so she goes to a new doctor and he looks at her fingernails and he recognizes that there's lines like kind of across 
the center of her nail, which is a very significant symptom of arsenic poisoning. Oh my god. I fucking knew it. So they test Carol for arsenic and they find a significant amount in her blood. This whole time, Marie has been watching her daughter suffer, acting like she's so upset, but continuously poisoning her. Oh, what a... Enough to just keep her sick. Obviously not kill her, but keeping her sick enough that she's on the brink of death. That's horrible. And she's only 19. So she's like, oh, my daughter. But she's literally the one killing her. Same thing about her prom. Oh, I want her to have a great prom. I'm going to fix our relationship. But guess what happened at prom? She poisoned her. She She got got sick. sick. Yeah. So when they question Marie, she says the shots are anti-nausea medication. She claims that the doctors weren't taking care of her daughter. And her daughter was just consistently sick. So she did what any mother would do and gave her the medicine. But... Little did Carol or Mike know, she had also taken a life insurance policy out on her daughter. Of course she did. And nobody knew about it. So she's becoming more and more sketchy. Mike becomes extremely suspicious that this is what happened to their father. And Mike's also remembering that when he first left home, before Frank died, when he went to school and was off doing things to be a minister, I'm not really sure what that process is. Right. He was extremely sick. And as soon as he left home, he was never sick again. Oh my god, she was poisoning him too? But he Stop just got it. out. He got, he was, she, he was one of the first ones because it happened before his father died. Oh. So he's recognizing all this. He's really suspicious that his father was also poisoned. The police exhumed the body in order to check for the poisoning. And they performed an autopsy on Frank on October 3rd, 1979. He had been dead for four or five years now, and they found his body full of arsenic. Oh, my God. So it's official. Frank's sister goes to the Hilly house, does some snooping while Carol's arrested. I mean, Carol's in the hospital and Marie's arrested, and she finds pills in a pill bottle and brings them to the police, and they're tested, and they are laced with arsenic. Oh, my God. So she's been giving them pills. She's been injecting them. She's been putting it in food to keep her family weak and then offers them these medications to make them feel better. So she's doing it in, like, any way she can. When they were getting too sick to even eat regular food, she was lacing baby food. What? Yeah. She was a fucking bitch. She's psychotic. Her own family. Like, you can't have, like, any type of feeling if you're willing to just kill your daughter. Absolutely not. On October 9th, 1979, Marie is officially charged with attempted murder of her daughter, Carol. After finding that her husband was indeed poisoned and her daughter had also been suffering from arsenic poisoning at the hand of her mother, the police want to investigate who else this could have touched, who else could have fallen victim to this woman. They recall that she had called the police a handful of times after her husband had died, I believe before as well, but more after, reporting, feeling threatened, people are following her, that her life's in danger, and every time that she calls the police and they come over, they kind of just get this sense of, like, she just wants attention. That's really what it is. She just, she just wants somebody here for her. And they don't think much of it. They sit down, they try to calm her down, wipe her tears away, and every time she offers them coffee. 
and a sweet treat, a home baked good, because she's this Southern belle. She has this Southern charm. There's no reason not to, the camera's like, what is that girl doing? There's no reason not to trust her. So they take her food, they take her coffee, and very soon after, they would fall ill. They'd be sick. Oh, my God. And they would leave, and they'd miss work for a day, and they'd get sick, and then they'd be fine. I thought arsenic, like, killed you instantly. Well, I'm assuming it has to do with how much you have. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure if you ingest enough in one ingestion, in one injection, ingestion, whatever, you will die. Right. Like, if she put enough in a pill, yeah, I'm sure that'd take you out. But she's giving them just enough to, like, keep them sick and keep them, like, needing her to take care of them. I guess that makes sense. Isn't that gross? That's so horrible. Ugh. My God. Disgusting. And now the police are, like, remembering this. Like, oh, my God, no. She's this sweet woman. No way. And then they think about it, and they're like, holy shit. No, I've been to her house. I've gotten sick after being at her house. And they keep looking into this more because they're shocked. And they find that there are so many more people who started reporting the same thing. Kids who would visit her house to try to sell her things or come visit her kids. She'd give them drink. They would get sick. People would come over for house parties, you know, they'd eat her home-cooked food, they would get sick. Like, sick sick. Fuck. But it would go away. And it seemed to be that wherever Marie was, this stomach sickness would follow. Marie does break bail after two months, and it was placed around $14,000. She's put up in a hotel by her attorney... Because he wants her to be out of the media. He wants to get to the bottom of what's going on. And she's there for a few days. On November 18th of 1979, her lawyer visits her in her hotel to check on her. And finds she's gone. Of course she's gone. She's gone and there's a kidnapping note. Stating things like, Maria has been taken. Don't follow her. Don't come looking for her. Yada, yada. It's all bullshit. And they know immediately. They No one believes it. And they understand that she's on the run. Yeah, sounds like it. A manhunt ensues to find her. She goes missing for three whole years. Oh, And guess what she's doing? She's in Florida. Coming back. Under the name Robbie. Oh, God. And then she's in New Hampshire. Oh, my God. As Robbie Homan. And then she's Terry. And then she's Terry, and then she dies. Yup, she dies. Well, Robbie dies. <laughs> After the whole occurrence of faking her death and coming back as a sister and all this stuff, and the police, you know, confront her at her job and the FBI gets involved. After this happens, she is quickly extradited to stand trial. She's convicted and sentenced to life in prison for the murder of her husband and an additional 20 years for the attempted murder of her daughter. Ooh, shit. Don't ask with Carol, y'all. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Carol is... She's fucking pissed. And what it really comes down to is just her greed. Her whole motive for all this is her greed. She wants to be, you know, the perfect woman. She needs money, and she's like, I know how to get it. Sounds like she was given all of the attention and she was spoiled throughout her whole life Mm -hmm. that she wanted it in her own personal life. No, literally. She just needed it. Like, she needed to be the one to take care of them. She needed to be the one to... And then when she was done with that, she's like, I'll just use your death money. I'm fine. It's gross. So fucking rude. So, 
But come on, she's Marie. She's charming. She's a Southern belle. So she does not plan to rot away in jail. She's already run away before. She charms a warden at Tutwiler Women's Institute where she was held and she's granted a three-day pass to leave unsupervised on a leave. Oh, no. And to come back. She charms this warden to give her a three-day pass. And she wasn't even there long. I think it was like, I, don't, I, I should have put it down, but I think it was like a year and a half or a year and three months, something like that. She had not been there long and they grant her this pass. So, meanwhile, you said, oh, this probably kills John, the husband of Robbie. Mm-hmm. No. John remained loyal to his wife, who he thought was dead oh. the entire time he was loyal to her. Even though she knew, he knew that she was not Robbie. He knew that he had faked her death. He knew that she had come back as Terry. He knew that she was wanted and that she had been charged of attempted murder and murder and he still loved her so she she asks for john to pick her up at at this institute where she's being held for her leave and he does oh my god and she tells him the only thing i want to do is i want to go visit my mom's grave it's not far from here i want to go see my mom so she he takes her to the grave and john finds as he's waiting for her a note in his car that says that she's gone, she's fleeing, going to a new country, and she loves him. Oh, she didn't bring John with her? Nope. That's she so fucking rude. Fuck about that man. Her disappearance is repeating itself. She is running away. She is gone for four days. Nobody knows where she's at. But in Blue Mountain, Alabama, that is where she grew up, Murray... A woman is in her kitchen, looks out her kitchen window, and spots a bruised, bloody, torn-up body laying on a rock in her yard. It is, in fact, Marie. She is all cut up from running through miles and miles and miles of woods and mountain to get there from the institute, or not from the institute, from the grave, I guess, because that's where she ran. She's bloody, and it's freezing. Mm. The woman calls 911. An ambulance comes to pick up Marie and to drive her to the hospital. And en route, she dies of hypothermia. Oh. So she escapes yet again. That's to death. horrible. She's psychotic. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> she did not plan to face <laughs> any of her mistakes at all. God, she's what disgusting. a crazy... She is, she's literally, she's literally so crazy. Her daughter and like friends of theirs are actually like obviously still alive this just happened in the 80s and there's like some documentaries where you can like hear her daughter speak about it it's crazy like the fact that this happened so like recently you know like it's not like so set back like this was just you know whatever these people are still alive and they're like yeah she was manipulative did you get poisoned by arsenic sounds horrific literally they couldn't walk i didn't even know that was a symptom like they they couldn't walk god they were sick they lost nothing in their legs no (laughs) that was my true crime half of my true normal oh my god high five high five yes (laughs) what a doozy that was a good one thanks i was very excited to do it 
Yeah. No, that was a really good one. I loved it. Yay. Okay. Alabama. Alabama. What do you got for a paranormal? Ooh. Let me pull up my notes for ya. I'm going to move the microphone a little bit. Sorry. Okay. So I am going to do the Redmond Hotel. Oh, I love a hotel. Spooky. I did not realize that there were so many hotels in this world that were haunted. Those are my favorite. Yeah. I Have you ever been to a haunted hotel? Not that I know of, but I'm sure right. that I've been somewhere where something malicious has happened and then slept there. <laughs> I'm sure. Okay. Have you? No. I don't think I've ever experienced anything paranormal, but I love all the stories for it. I love a good spook. Actually, okay, so for Christmas, I went over to my, my aunt's house for dinner, and my mom was sitting on the couch with me, and she was like, we were um, just sitting here, and no one was home, your grandma was sitting over here, I was sitting over here, and all of a sudden, she like turns her head super quick, and she's like, what? what's going on and my grandma's like who is that my mom's like no one is home and so absolutely no one my grandma was like no there is definitely somebody here so your grandma turned her head yeah she saw someone yeah (gasps) pretty much dude how scary right we're in the house (laughs) it's actually a very beautiful home shout out Mm -hmm. Suzette your house is gorgeous I'm I'm no I don't like that yeah I know it was really scary (laughs) I feel like little dumb things have happened to me like that, but I don't have, like, a story to be like, oh, my God, I was haunted by this. Yeah. No. My mom has, like, some stories where she's seen things, but I don't really know if I've ever experienced anything like that. I'm, like, 90% sure the very first time that we hung out and we went to Fisher for a beer. Shout out, Fisher. We're wearing our Fisher merch today. We didn't (laughs) even plan it. (laughs) Um, That's a brewery that we love. It's, like right over yonder but um way to coordinate where we are <laughs> the very first time oh shit yeah what i don't live near there <laughs> <laughs> the, um the very first time we hung out and we got beer fisher we talked about this because i was like i love spooky shit and you were like same here but it scares me, me too and i was like oh my god <laughs> we're about to be best friends forever the rest is history the rest is history okay i'm not gonna sing because i don't do that <laughs> Okay, so my story is going to be about the Redmond Hotel. It is in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, I just recently learned that it was named after the Red Mountain in Alabama. Ooh. I don't know if I that's true. About the Blue Mountain. Yes. Yeah, yeah. When you said that, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I don't know if like mine's actually true, but oh, well, I don't know mine's. That's what it said. <laughs> so that's what I just heard. <laughs> so the so documentary whatever. said too. So I do have double source, but they're very creative in Alabama, I guess. <laughs> Blue Mountain, Red Mountain. Blue Mountain. One fish, two fish. Okay, let's see. Okay. Um, so the original grounds that the hotel was on was on, um, it was on Catholic church grounds mm-hmm. when they originally bought the property in 1924. Um, and then in 1925 is kind of when the hotel opened up. Um, it is considered to be the oldest and most historic hotel in Alabama. It is Ooh. one of the most, like, historic hotels, but it is 
one of the most running hotels, like, consistently. Like, it's mm-hmm. always been a hotel. Um, that's what it means by, like, oldest hotel. Yeah. Because there are older buildings but that, one has that are still there. That. Yeah, but it's always been consistently open to be a hotel. Um, let's see. I keep losing my pay- place. I need to pay attention a little bit better. <laughs> Getting excited. Um, okay, so the Red Mound Hotel opened up in 1925. Um, it was named to be Birmingham's most modern hotel in the 1930s. Um, when it opened, each room, um, which was a 14-story building, it had 200 bedrooms. Every room had a private bathroom, which it was super rare to have in the 1930s. It also oh, had water-chilled ceiling fans. <laughs> <laughs> you're like whatever that means i have no idea what that means water chills no like do you put water on the ceiling fan and then just sprays water everywhere or what or like is chilled water what operates it so the air is colder oh like it's, yeah. a, it's moving from maybe moving water? <laughs> i have no idea but this was just a huge commodity at the time so along with that private toilet yeah. <laughs> um, in the 1930s, um, they had a bar that was called the Rainbow Lounge, and a bunch of influential men would go there to meet and talk about baseball, or they would go and have drinks, and they would just basically hang out all together. At the Rainbow Lounge? At the Rainbow Lounge. Oh, yeah. progressive of them. Yeah. Probably <laughs> I don't. I don't think it was anything <laughs> like that, no, but no. it's totally fine. <laughs> Um, they would call themselves the Not Hole Gang. Not Hole? Yeah, like K-N-O-T. Uh, oh. A Not Hole. I thought they were just admitting that they hadn't fulfilled their life goals. Like, in the Rainbow Lounge? Not Hole. <laughs> <laughs> not Not Hole in the Rainbow Lounge. <laughs> That's why they hang out at the Rainbow Lounge. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> no, not that hole. <laughs> not that hole. Oh, shit, we'll call ourselves the Not Hole Gang. <laughs> Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, in 1934, there was a duo that would go to hotels and they would rob them. Um, they went to the Red Mill Hotel and they basically had a shootout with all of the authorities. And one of them got shot and died in the lobby of the Red Mill Hotel. Um, and the other one who escaped was A.B. McCoy. Um, and he didn't come back for his partner. He kind of said, fuck you, I'm leaving. (laughs) Die in the lobby. Um, when you read about the Red Mall Hotel, there is a lot of rumors of things that happened in the hotel. There's not really a whole lot of things that you can, like, tell. Yeah. Essentially. So, a lot of the things that you'll hear about the Red Mall Hotel are of rumors. So, who knows if that's true or not. All alleged. Yeah. Um, there is a rumor that Al Capone stayed at the hotel, and he also had a shootout with the FBI oh, throughout the hotel. Just because he smuggled whiskey and whatever the hell he did. But that could be a rumor, so. Yeah. I <laughs> feel like I couldn't verify anything because I have no idea where Al Capone was actually <laughs> located. Like, you could have told me, like, yeah, he operated only in Alaska. And I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, let's see. Do you know who Hank Williams is? I do not. Well... Hank Williams was a huge country star in the 1930s. Oh, shit. 
yeah. so I don't know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, he had 55 top songs in country music. 55? Yeah. He oh. had 12 songs that hit the billboards. Um, so he was really popular, super huge or whatever. But there is rumors that he, of how, like, how he died. Either he died in his hotel room when he stayed at the Red Mall Hotel, or he left the hotel and died that day after leaving the hotel. Mm. There's really no certain things. But, um, let's see. I'm losing my place. This is not good. I'm not starting out well. That's fine. You're doing great, sweetie. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, In 1946, the hotel was purchased by Clifford Stiles. Um, He lived there with his family. Um, He turned the entire top floor into a massive penthouse. He would have major parties there. He would just live his very great life in the top penthouse with his family. I wonder if Audrey Murray Hilly went there to do some social favor. I'm sure she did at that point. (laughs) She was a lot later, but you said penthouse, and that just made me think of, like, ooh, scandalous. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, He had lots of parties there, did a lot of bad things in that penthouse, I'm assuming. Oh, no. Um, Today, it is now a rooftop bar that is all outside in Alabama, so it must be really cool, really fancy. Um, but Clifford was not a cool dude. He actually was very rude. Um, he was known to be, um, that he would walk around with this walking stick. Um, he was also known to, like, hit a maid with their, with his walking stick. Oh my god. Yeah. If he didn't like the way that they cleaned the room, he would just fucking hit them. Oh, like any maid. Yeah. I don't know why I thought you meant, like, one specific maid. No, like, like, any maid. Why didn't she quit? (laughs) (laughs) No, like, if they cleaned his apartment and didn't clean it in a certain way, he would hit them with his stick. Oh, my God. And just be a fucking asshole. just, beat them up. Yeah. Which was so horrible. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so the hotel today is a Hilton hotel. Of course it is. Everything is by by a Hilton. If it's not Hilton Hotel, it's like a Wyndham Hotel. Yeah, I feel you. Is that how you say it? Wyndham? Wyndham. Is that what it is? Yeah, a Wyndham Hotel or a Hilton. It's one of the two. It's always the chains. It's like never like small operated things unless they're like Mm -hmm. historical or whatever. Yeah. It's always, it's always a chain. Yeah. Um, so the Hilton doesn't really advertise that this hotel is haunted. Oh my god, Um, (laughs) I keep hitting my microphone. Everyone's gonna fucking We still need to figure out this setup properly we're just trying to get used to it so hey, it'll be tune in for episode two next Monday. <laughs> we'll be more prepared <laughs> maybe who knows i doubt it but it's fine um so it's owned by hilton now they don't really advertise that it's haunted so if you ask okay. them they'd be like hey i want to sit in the mo i want to stay in the most haunted room they'll kind of just ignore you or if you call them to say that they'll hang up on you um, they don't really advertise it. They kind of keep it very hush-hush, um, which kind of blows, but it's fine. Yeah, I feel like that's weird. I feel like they'd want to capitalize on that. Yeah, you would think. That's but they cool. do, um, like, put it on websites or have, like, a sign or so that says it's the most historic hotel in Birmingham. So I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, but I feel like people pay for that shit. Like, people want yeah. And it's already rumored that. I feel like they're going to, like, get rid of the rumors. Like, it's weird that they're not, like... I don't know, like, people investigate and, like, 
travel channel and like people mm-hmm. go to like see haunted places anyway yeah. so it's weird mm-hmm. that they're not like advertising that for i was on youtube like looking up like videos if they're if anybody has videos on them yeah. but there is a guy that walked in and the one of the concierge was like why do you have a camera and he's like oh i'm a youtuber and he was like no you <gasps> so don't you gotta turn off the camera if you want to stay here you literally have to have yeah bodyguards yeah but um i was looking at photos of the hotel and the lobby is so fucking gorgeous Damn. it's like marbled like there's chandeliers everywhere like it's beautiful oh my god but then like you look at rooms of the bedrooms and whatever and it's very like cookie cutter like really yeah most historic and they couldn't even like make it look nice yeah they're just like super cookie cutter like and just really basic and just meh it kind of looks like a marriott damn (laughs) sort of but it's fine whatever um, so yeah, that's just kind of the history of the Red Mall Hotel. Super basic. Since it's so hush-hush, you don't really find a whole lot of stuff. There are, like, some NBA players bought the hotel for a couple years and gave it, like, a $7 million renovation. Oh, shit. So that was kind of cool, but it's not it's really important. Better. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> it's not really that important. Sorry about that. If you like basketball. Um, okay, so let's get into the ghosts. Ooh. That's why I'm here. Yes. I would love to stay in a haunted, haunted hotel. I think it'd be so fun. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Let's, like, Let's go get scared. <laughs> Let's go right now. Are there any in Salt Lake? I have no there, idea. There is. There is. I did listen to a podcast on one in um Ogden. Oh. Well, not in Salt Lake, but in Ogden. Yeah. Which is, like, not far. It's close to my house. Ooh. Not trying to tell Let's you where I live, it. but it's fine. Let's go to a haunted hotel at some point. I'm in. I love a good haunted hotel. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the ghosts. Um, a lot of similar things that you would hear about, you know, like lights turning on and off, mm. furniture moves on its own, bags are moved, mm. doors open and close, you hear footsteps, um, people knocking on your door or on the wall. So just very, like, very basic things that you would hear. The typical hauntings, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Another super basic thing is that there is a woman in white that roams. Always the woman I in know, white. I know. When I saw that, I was like, Ugh, of course. I wonder how that trope, like, developed. It's always... It's always that or someone in red. Yeah. It's yeah. always the wife who died on her wedding night waiting for her husband. <laughs> yes. Or he went away to war or something. It's always that. They're always good stories, but it's the same thing every time. Like, move on. Go to another what? life. I was, like, going to say before you said the lady in white, when you said, like, oh, it's all the same, like, typical hauntings, I was going to say, like, that almost makes it more believable. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, right. if the, all the places that are super freaking haunted, it's like, oh, you hear footsteps. Oh, you hear breathing. Oh, it's like, okay, that's how this type of spirit. Right. Rather whatever. than if you don't know if it's been set up or not. Yeah. I mean, like, if it was something like, oh completely different like they have pillows that float in the air like what i've never freaking heard that since when pillows do that you know what i mean yeah i was listening to a another podcast i don't remember which one so sorry um but it was like someone was talking about how their cake at the grocery store lifted out of their grocery cart and fell on the ground and and i was like just it a cake just lifted it out of the out of <laughs> your car that is abuse <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't waste that. so like those things i'm like meh i could be a skeptic in that yeah i feel you i feel like when it's like oh my god i feel like when absurd it's like something stories. like yeah like 
never heard of it almost makes it less believable mm-hmm. so when it's like that same like quote like basically she said i'm like okay like yeah. that's how ghosts haunt um have you heard of asylum 49 out in Tooele? no okay so there's this i don't know if it's like only open during halloween mm. or if it's oh, all that yeah, but what it is is that you have to sign a waiver, oh, and it's like no, it's like a hundred dollars to go, and I believe that if you go through the whole thing, you get your money back or something. But not a lot of people do it because it's so scary, and it's like it used to be an asylum oh, for the crazy people, and it's actually haunted. Like, but they actually that. like they have people they can like take you and they can put you in the fucking freezers and they can like tie you up yeah, they can I feel like, like that's what makes you feel safe in haunted houses when you go with people they're gonna yeah. separate me from my crew no, no they doubt. can that's there's no like some characters that can grab you they can tie you up but like if you but at any point during the thing you can be like i'm done get me out of here there are people everywhere that will come and take you out and you can leave but like if you make it through the whole thing um, I think you get your money back like or you get something. I don't really remember, but there's definitely haunted houses like that, like kind of just like all over the country. Cause there's definitely ones like that, like in New York city and stuff. Yeah. Um, but like, and I love haunted houses. Right. I know. Yeah. I, I love them. Lexi yeah. does not, but they're okay. Okay. No, <laughs> I do like them. But this last experience that I had, I got punched in the face by one of the characters. Yeah. It was horrific. And it was on my birthday. It was an accident. Too. It was. That's what made it he, even worse. He, like, threw the baseball bat by accident and it punched me in the face. And I, like, on my birthday. And it, like, swelled up my face. Oh, this side. And I feel like the reason why it, it is where it said it's an accident, because, like, the one that you're describing in Tuella, like, okay, you know something that happened to you. But they you just purposely went to, like, <laughs> this very innocent haunted house well, around the corner and you're he, all fucking like, punched. Like, the character scared Roz and then, like, Clearly, I was right next to him, and he went to go scare me, but he, like, had the bat, and he went to, like, you know, put it in front of me or whatever, and it just, like, slipped out of his hand, and it punched me right in the face. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was... And then you went back again with me, so. I did. I did. <laughs> the second one that we did, the one that was all in the dark. The I told you it was all in the dark, and nobody was like, everyone was like, it's not in the dark. I'm like, it's in the fucking dark. How, you can't do through. anything. <laughs> I let us. I w- I did a great job. They definitely should have done more with that one, yeah. rather than just it being was just all like in the dark. dark. Like, yeah, they had like people screaming and stuff, but whatever. Anyways, we'll get back to the back Red Mount Hotel. Back to Alabama. We're leaving. No one cares about Salt Lake. Um. Okay. So, like I said, there's a lady in flight. No one really knows who she is, where she came from, and you just see her roaming the halls at night. I'm assuming around 3 a.m. Whenever you see a lady in white. Um, there is a fur baby that you see. Um, oh. It's just a small little brown dog that just roam, runs around the halls and he just disappears every once in a while. No. Um, I was listening, when I was listening to a podcast about this, they were saying that maybe it could be Clifford Styles' dog. Because Clifford is a big red dog. <laughs> God. <laughs> Can you get the little, little dog? Yeah. Um, yeah, it could be his dog. Um, who knows really whose dog it is. Um, but there's what happened to that pup that made me crazy? I know, right? Um, but, oh, there's this note. Sorry, hold on. Backtracking. Uh, the lady in white, you always see her on the ninth floor. Um, so she probably died on that one. Um, Clifford Styles is a huge one that you do see. Um, you do see him on the upper floors around his penthouse where his, they were his penthouse used to be because now it's a rooftop bar um but a lot of people see him like 
walking like not frantically but like with a purpose Mm. um in his suit yeah probably um they see him in a suit um he was just a very strict kind of guy um so that kind of just makes sense of like who he is I feel like um, if I went to that rooftop bar, I'd get, like, two shots of me, and I'd be like, oh, my God, I saw Clifford. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, who knows? <laughs> two shots, Scott. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Um, um, with Clifford, he what goes into – he follows the maids around, essentially. Um, he goes into the rooms that they're cleaning. If he doesn't like the way that the beds are made, he'll rip the sheets off of the bed. That would fucking well, suck. The current maids. Yeah. Like the maids that work there. This yeah. Ghosts. Like current maids. Yeah. Yeah. If he doesn't like the way that the maids made their beds, they'll like go into the bathroom to clean it and they'll come back and the bed is like ripped apart. But you know what's really shitty about that? They're not even going to get paid extra for that shit because this place no. doesn't want to admit it's haunted. Exactly. So these maids are like, I'm doing the job twice. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Pause. Okay. And we're alive. We're alive. Officially again. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get my workout classes scheduled before you somebody schedule takes my bike. bike. Sorry. Please stop taking bikes 6 and 14. <laughs> At Cure Studio. Uh, shout out Cure. If uh, you're in Utah and you like to go to cycling classes, go to Cure. This Ooh, is not an ad. Oh yeah. Also, they should sponsor us. <laughs> At Cure. At Cure Studio in Centerville. Okay, back to the Renmont Hotel. I'm almost done. I am so sorry. I'm literally all over the place. No, I'm I so excited. I cannot tell you, like, what it is. Maybe I, it's the caffeine in my matcha. I literally feel like if we were put together, we would be lying to the people right yeah. now. Like, this is very fitting. I'm not put together. I told Lauren that I'd be at her house today at 9. <laughs> I did not get there till 10. Why? <laughs> That's just how my life goes. I... I try really hard, but here we are. Okay. We also were both supposed to go to spin at 7 a.m. and did not go. <laughs> yes. I did not hear my alarms this morning. I don't – at morning classes, I am going to try so hard this coming year to do as many morning classes as possible, but mornings are so hard for me. I like to sleep. I don't – but my goal is to be a morning person this year. I feel like I'm not a morning person, but, like, once I get into, like – a groove of a morning schedule yeah like you know what i mean then yeah. i then i could do it like if i went to morning classes like twice a week eventually i'd be like okay i could do it but like naturally no i'm not a morning person either i am not a morning person i will tell you that right now but i'm going to try that is going to be one of my goals for 2023 is to be a morning person i feel like that's a doable thing and maybe for the utah listeners she said morning <laughs> okay go <laughs> Leah, if I don't <laughs> come to your class. <laughs> Just kidding. Please don't come at me. Okay. Anyways. Um, okay. So the maids. That's where we were, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if the maids go in uh, today and they make the bed, they don't clean it properly, or Clifford doesn't like the way the bathroom's set up, he'll come and rip the sheets off the bed and make them redo it. Or he'll go into the bathroom and mess up all of their toiletries, throw everything on the floor, and just make them redo it. No, thank you. So that's really rude. Um, Hank Williams is also a very famous ghost that they see at the Redmond Hotel. Um, He is to be known for haunting room 301. 
Um, they do believe that's the room that he stayed in when he was staying there. Um, he is seen to be walking around the upper floors, um, up in the hallways, um, just kind of walking around, not doing much. Um, if you hear some of his songs, that's probably him playing the guitar, or um, some people have reported that if they play his music, they hear activity come around. For real? Yeah. What he's a selfish very, little bitch. Yeah, I was going to say, he's very selfish. He loves his own music. He said, play I mean, music and maybe I'll do a little dance for you. <laughs> I mean, if, like, you had 55 top songs, I probably would be obsessed with myself, too. When we die, play this podcast. And, and I'll come and haunt you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come knock on your fucking walls. Excuse no, my language. Sorry. <laughs> Always been careful. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, the maids also have reported that they feel like there is a watching presence when they are cleaning the rooms mm. because he's just standing there watching them. Um, that's kind of it for the ghosts. Um, like I said, in 2014, there was a huge renovation. Um, the Hilton took over. Um, yeah. That's kind of very hush-hush. There's really not a whole lot about it, but that's kind of what makes it spooky is that you go there and it could haunted, could be haunted you or... Yeah, it's like still question mark. Yeah. You never know what you'll be given. You could go yeah, see a dog. Yeah. You could go see Hank Williams. I almost rather see Hank Williams. I don't want the dog to be there. Poor baby. <laughs> that would make me so sad. What if you play, like, Baby Got Back? Then Hank Williams would not come around. Clifford might be oh, ready to party with you. I don't want Clifford, though. No. Clifford might be ready. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, now because that his penthouse is a bar, a bar. now, so True. their parties are still happening. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> um yeah that's redmont hotel super Damn. small and spooky but spooky, that's spooky. what makes it spooky oh my god paranormal episode one alabama high five done wow how do you feel um i feel like i'm gonna sneeze so hold on <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god i feel great i feel like that was so much fun and it like was I said, um people got a true taste of who we are here today yes this is definitely us we're dysfunctional we'll get better but it's okay i'm like covering my face on the camera i'm like oh (laughs) it's fine um Um, and like we keep saying we are gonna be in a new state every week so mm -hmm. next week is alaska oh Oh my gosh i'm just gonna say next week's story for me, I'm, excited. I'm so excited. I've worked really hard on it. Oh my god, it's she's so good. doing true crime next week, and I'm doing paranormal. So and I bounced around with a few things, but I think I've landed on one. I finished my notes earlier, so yeah. I'm also excited. I got to finish mine today. Whoop whoop! But um, this is coming out January second. Yeah, we're very um, excited. So, so I think excited. it's the ninth. That's the next Monday. Am I wrong? I think it's the 9th, so look out for January 9th for episode 2. If I'm wrong, don't do that. It's the next Monday. <laughs> um, and we will be kind of jumping around from state to state each week. In the episodes, I had somebody ask me if we were traveling every week to a new state, <gasps> and I was like, homie. Oh my god. You <laughs> have, I wish. Your expectations are a little 
too high, Listen, but how Utah, cool would that like be? Just go everywhere? Yeah. No. Mm. That would be really cool though if we could do that. Maybe one day it'll be feasible. But not at the moment. Not right now. We're uh not going to be doing that. She's my waitress. Let me just remind you. <laughs> I make 2.15 an hour. <laughs> I tip, I'll tip you. Thanks. Um, but yeah, that's about it. We are really excited to see how far we can take this. Yeah, it'll and, be And um We've got some surprises still up our sleeve, so follow us on our socials, uh, at MyTrueNormal on Instagram. And Twitter. And Twitter. We need to get that up and going. We have not tweeted yet. We have not gotten that. We need Um, to get on it. And we will be on YouTube. We'll, yeah, we'll post this video on the second as well, hopefully. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for listening. I'm so excited. Um, send us any messages if you have any yeah, questions if you have any or if you have requests like yeah like oh damn once you finally get all the way to new hampshire i got something for you we're listening perfect all i am right. so excited thank you guys um and we will catch you next week Alrighty. okay bye, bye.